Well, welcome to week three of our essential series, and we are going to be, if you want to get your copy of God's Word uh, or your phone or just watch on the screen, we're going to be in Luke chapter five. Luke chapter five, it's the only passage of scripture we're gonna be in, and it's gonna be verses one through 11. So Luke chapter five, verses one through 11. And as you're getting your copy of God's word or finding that uh, there in your Bible or, or, or uh, tablet or phone or whatever, uh, I just wanna let you know that our uh, essential series is something that I felt the Lord was uh, leading us in out of 2020. And, you know, besides word like uh, like uh, social distancing or masks. Those are kind of key words that came out of 2020. Honestly, you've never heard of social distancing until 2020. Um, but essential was another word that came out of 2020. We, whether it be uh, essential items we needed to purchase or uh, maybe essential people in our culture uh, with certain jobs and careers and, and, and uh, to be able to honor them, they are essential. Uh, but uh, I also have come to realize that through 2020, the church is essential. And not only the church, which if you are, are uh, a believer in Jesus Christ, you're a part of that church, that big C church, but also your faith is essential. And as we looked at the church in week one, how the church was essential, the church is essential for two really big reasons. Number one, it's there to uh, build your faith, to develop your faith. And the way you develop your faith is uh, through uh, serving, fellowship, and discipleship. And guess what? That's the reason why uh, what we just talked about a few minutes ago with find your spot. That's why it's so important that you and I find your spot. Find our spot, where we're supposed to connect, how we're supposed to grow. And that is huge. So the church is essential for your spiritual growth. Also, the church is essential in, in separating the truth from the lies in this world. I say it's becoming more and more difficult who to believe, who to trust, who to watch. What, what news do you watch? What people do you listen to? I mean, it's like this, one group saying one thing, one group saying another. And, and really, our, our truth comes from God's word. Our truth comes from God's word. This right here is the main thing we need to focus on. And the more that you and I get to know this book and get to know the truths in here, then the more that we can separate truth from the lies. Because this world is full of lies and they're trying to, um, they're trying to hide it or, um, you know, as, as truth. And so we have an opportunity to proclaim that truth. That's why the church exists, and obviously to give glory, honor to God, you know, and to uh, welcome people into the, into the kingdom and lead people uh, to salvation experience. But just know this, the church is essential in these dark days. Last week we talked about how our giving is essential. Our giving is, is essential, and, uh, and God wants to have uh, God wants to show you what kind of big plans he has for your money. Now, you may think, well, Frank, I don't, I don't really give a whole lot. You know, whatever you decide to give is between you and the Lord, okay? As you, as you pray about that, it, it really takes a faithful gift uh, to the Lord is, is something that helps to build your faith. And as you, as you build that faith and you're able to give more and, and so on and so forth, then absolutely, that's something that you can give. I mean, a tithe actually means 10%. I, I know people who actually give, give more than that. 
Uh, and, and of course, there's people who give less than that. But as you grow in your faith, God is going to uh, give you uh, what you're supposed to give. He's going to uh, tell you, hey, I think you should give this, or I think you should raise it to this, or, or whatever. That's between you and the Lord, okay? But just know this. When you give, um, whatever that amount is, it, it, it's just a, a small amount. It's a small amount compared to what God has given you. I know what Susanna and I give, which is 10%, we, it is just a small amount based upon what all that God has given to us. And just like the boys' lunch that we talked about last week, when Jesus fed the 5,000, this boys' lunch is just a small lunch compared to the meal that had to be provided for all of those people, those thousands of people. It's just a small lunch, it's just a small portion. And so you may think, well, I just have just a small lunch, and that is no big deal. God has big plans for your small lunch. Your gift is essential. And don't let the facts of your situation stand in the way of your faith. The disciples were, were using facts and they were trying to figure out how we're going to feed all these thousands of people with this little boy's lunch. And of course, Jesus knew what he was going to do. But sometimes we try to figure things out with our, with, with our own abilities, and we try to uh, figure things out with certain facts. Well, I only have this much money and have these bills. Well, I've gotta pay these bills, and how am I gonna make this stretch and everything? Don't let the facts stand in the way of your faith. Don't let the facts stand in the way of your faith. That's one of the key things we brought up from last week. Also, we uh, figured out and we were reminded that Jesus, uh, Jesus doesn't really need your lunch. <laughs> You know, Jesus didn't take the boy's lunch and start eating it. He was fine. And, but so Jesus, Jesus doesn't need your lunch. He doesn't need your money. He wants your heart. He wants your heart. God wants your heart, and your heart tends to follow your stuff. Then God wants you to surrender all your stuff to him. Because really, the battle that you and I face every day, the clash is really between God and our stuff. It's between God and our stuff. And so God is saying, look, I, I don't want your stuff. I, I, don't, I don't need your money. I just want your heart. And so your giving is essential. In fact, I believe if you're not giving, then you are not growing. If you're not giving, you are not growing because giving increases your faith. Giving increases your faith. Giving is, not, giving is not just for, the, for God or for the church. Giving really is, is for you. Giving is for me as I give as well. And so I could tell you story after story of how uh, giving has increased our faith, many of y'all as well. And so I just want to let you know and remind you, your giving is essential and the church is essential. Well, as we move into this, um, into this message today in our essential series, I, uh, I was actually leaning towards uh, another set of scripture. I was leaning towards something else, and then this particular passage we're going to find in Luke chapter 5 kept coming back at me um, throughout, uh, throughout the week, and I couldn't, I couldn't let it go, and so I surrendered my will last night. I was like, hey, I'm gonna go this direction, we're good. And God said, mm, no, I want you to go over here. Uh, I've laid this passage on your heart, 
and I want you to go over here, and I want you to change it. So late last night, your pastor changed the direction of where we were going uh, uh, for today, which is no big deal. I uh, Obviously, I, I, I want to follow the Lord. I've actually have uh, done once or twice before between where I sit and where I stand. Uh, had to change the sermon from, uh, from those uh, few steps and uh, just prayed that God would speak through me because I just had to be obedient. So I'm just being obedient uh, to uh, the Lord today. But I want us to look at Luke chapter 5, verse 1 through 11, and we're going to see what uh, part of essential we're going to look at today. So here we are, verse 1. One day as Jesus was standing by the lake of Gesenaret, uh, Sea of Galilee, the people were crowding around him and listening to the word of God. He saw at the water's edge two boats left there by the fishermen who were washing their nets. He got into one of the boats, the one belonging to Simon, Simon Peter, changed his name to Peter, and asked him to put out a little from shore. Then he sat down and taught the people from the boat. When he had finished speaking, he said to Simon Peter, put out into deep water and let down the nets for a catch. Simon answered, Master, we've worked all night and haven't caught anything. But because you say so, I will let down the nets. When they had done so, they had caught such a number of fish that their nets began to break. So they signaled their partners to the other boat to come and help them. And they came and filled both boats uh, so full that they began to sink. When Simon Peter saw this, he fell at Jesus' knees and said, go away from me, Lord, I am a sinful man. For he and his companions were astonished at the catch of fish they had taken. And so were James and John, the sons of Zebedee, Simon's partners. Then Jesus said to Simon, don't be afraid. From now on, you will fish for people. So they pulled their boats up on shore, left everything, and followed him. You know, it's great to read that from, from the passage in the Bible, but actually, I, I do want to share with you a video, and this video clip actually comes from um, the, um, the series called The Chosen. Some of you have actually uh, seen The Chosen. If you have not seen The Chosen, it's, it, you can actually access it for free. You can uh, just download that app and uh, uh, find The Chosen and watch um, this sort of life of Jesus and the calling of the disciples and the beginning of the church. And so I would encourage you uh, to, uh, to watch The Chosen if you haven't done so already. And also, I've also have seen that you can purchase the DVDs at places like Walmart and such. Uh, but this scene right here is the scene that we just read. So if you would, let's watch this clip. A little farther out. I don't have a quarrel with you, teacher. But we've been doing this all night. Nothing. All right. At your word. Take that side! No! 
brother and the baptizer <laughs> you are the lamb of god yes i am depart from me i am a sinful man you don't know who i am the things i've done don't be afraid simon i'm sorry we, we've waited for you for so long we believe but my faith how sorry Lift up your head, fisherman. What do you want from me? Anything you ask, I will do. Follow me. Makes it come to life a little bit, right? Our essential discipline today, we're going to talk about, is the discipline of prayer and how prayer is essential. Now, you may, you may think, all right, Frank, we just read this passage, and I just watched this video clip, and, and there's nobody praying, and it's not even talking about prayer. Now, do you see the struggle that I had last night, the battle that I was having, and saying, Lord, th this passage didn't even talking about prayer. Holy Spirit spoke, you need to read it again, and you need to pray, because there's something in there I want to use that I want you to share. So I did. I've read it many times over, spent some time in prayer, and uh, so let me share with you how prayer can be essential based upon this passage. So Jesus, number one, Jesus is taking our prayers, he wants to take your prayers to deep waters. Now I know that particular video that we watched, he, 
uh, probably in the interest of time for the video, didn't go out to deeper waters. But in the passage that we read, Jesus actually said, I want you to go out, I want you to go out to deep waters. And that's what the disciples did. And so through our essential prayers, our, our prayers most of the time stay in shallow waters. For instance, you'll get, you'll get somebody on, on Facebook that'll share a prayer request, and you'll say, hey, I'm gonna, I'm gonna lift them up in prayer. And, and usually, if I say something like that, or if I say I'm gonna, I'm gonna pray for them, or even if I don't comment, and if I see something, I stop what I'm doing, and I just say a, just a, a, a short prayer over their situation. You can spend a lot of time praying for people uh, through social media that you find. And so many of our prayers are sort of what you call shallow water prayers. They're prayers that, that kind of come in and out of our day, maybe even praying at bedtime or praying for meals or students praying for a test, right? You know, those are, um, those are shallow moments of prayer. But there are moments where people are praying deep prayers. They go to deeper waters. Like right now, there are parents praying in deep waters over their children who may be fighting cancer. You know, there's church members right now praying for certain pastors, even in our community, because they're, they're in you know, they're in the hospital because they're, they're really fighting for their lives. Our friend Bill Klein, who's a pastor at Kingston Baptist Church, his wife, April, is praying in deep waters right now. We, um, there are friends that, that pray in deep waters for comfort and answers to tragic accidents like the the two girls that were, that were lost in a car accident, a tragic car accident in Cedartown, two sisters. And so you, you and I, we do venture off into deep waters and, and of, of prayer, and we do that, but most of the time, we, uh, most of the time we stay in these, in these shallow waters. But if we frequent if we frequent the deep waters of prayer, we will experience the power of God in ways we never thought possible. So how do we, how do we make our prayers deeper? What are some ways that we can make our prayers deeper? First of all, I believe it's the posture of prayer. I believe it's the posture of prayer. There's something about hitting the floor in a posture of prayer and in humility, just like we saw with the video with, with Peter and him falling to his knees and just saying, <laughs> I'm a sinful person and please just go away. I can't be even be in your presence. And posture, a prayer posture can help us go to Go to deep waters. Now, I'm not saying you can't pray, pray just sitting in your chair. I'm not saying you can't go to deep waters just sitting in a chair or, or, or on a couch or even driving in a car. There have been times I've been in deep waters of prayer driving from point A to point B, and I've just had to pull over and, like, 
get out of the car and like compose myself. But in many instances, our posture will say a lot about our prayer. I would encourage you, in order for you to try to get into deeper waters of prayer, try to have that posture of maybe on your knees, just praying to God, doing more of that. So that can kind of help you when you connect the spiritual with the physical It'll help you kind of go in those deeper waters. The other thing that will help you go to deeper waters is the pursuit of prayer. Just saying, just staying in shallow waters will not bring you to, to your deeper waters of faith. You need to pursue prayer with a passion. You need to pursue it. After the sinking of the uh, Titanic, many people pursued the location of the sunken ship. For, for decades, finally, after 73 years, that's a long time, 73 years of searching on September 1st, 1985, explorer Robert Ballard found the resting place of this enormous vessel, two and a half miles deep on the ocean floor in the Atlantic. Now, that is deep water. But they pursued, they chased after it, they were relentless. And so if you wanna go to deep waters, you, in your prayer life, you need to pursue it, you need to go after it. Almost like, almost like a teenager in the, in the Gulf, they see it, they see like these deeper waters and, and they want to just go further and further and further out. But the pursuit of prayer will help you to get into deep waters. You must chase and hunt for it, pursue it. Don't let anything stand in your way. So we see in this passage that Jesus told Peter, go out to deeper water. He's telling us today. I believe after me spending some time in prayer, me not arguing with God anymore about this passage, all right, so he's telling us, I want you to go to deeper waters in your prayer. Shallow waters are fine. You need those, absolutely, but you need even more of the deeper waters of your prayer, and I hope that, you know, as we continue in this message, you'll be able to understand that even a little bit more. The second thing is the obedience of prayer. Did you see the obedience of Peter? Now, this is before the calling of Peter. In fact, this, this passage is the calling of Peter. So Peter is not a disciple, okay? He, 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 I mean, he called him Simon. He was still Simon before Jesus changed his name. So Peter or Simon, is not even a disciple, and he decides to obey. But not after, not until he was able to say, you know, we, we've been out all night. Teacher, master, we've been out all night. We haven't caught anything. So I can imagine, I mean, 
they, they finished cleaning their nets. They were cleaning their nets while, while Jesus was teaching to the crowd there, and he actually used Peter's boat, and, and he was able to talk to that crowd, and while they were talking, they were cleaning the, the nets, and they were there all night. They were tired. They were hungry. They were all of these things. I'm sure they were, he was distracted. He was distracted like, okay, how is my, I mean, I spent all night, didn't catch anything. How's my business going to survive? And he was obviously frustrated, so tired and, and distracted and frustrated. Have you ever felt tired or distracted or frustrated in your prayer? I have. Have you ever sat down to pray? It's like, man, I've got my journal, and I'm going to pray, and then you just fall asleep. <laughs> Or maybe you've got too much distractions. You've got too much in your head, and you've got too much stuff going on. Or maybe you're just frustrated at life and things that are happening, and it's like, I, I can't pray. How can I go to the Lord in prayer when I'm so frustrated at life right now? And so I can tell you from experience that when I submit my own desires to the will of God, the Father, by diving deep into prayer while feeling tired, distracted, or frustrated, I come to the surface with greater revelation, encouragement, and instruction for my life. Because I believe, and what I've learned, personal experience, you may have as well, sacrifice plus obedience yields a powerful revelation from God. When you're tired, push on to deeper waters. Keep pressing on. Be obedient. Be obedient. When you're frustrated at something, push on, press on, pursue deeper waters. When you are distracted in life, pursue after deeper waters. Follow in obedience. There's a great sacrifice, but I believe the greater the sacrifice that you have through your obedience, God is going to speak in even greater ways. So, Jesus is teaching us through this story, I want you to go to deeper waters in your prayer. I want you to walk in obedience just like Peter did. I'm going to be obedient. Because really, all prayer is, just, it's an encounter with Jesus. That's what, that's what this passage is. It's an encounter with Jesus. It's Peter's interaction, his encounter with the Messiah. And so, no matter what Discipline, spiritual disciplines we're talking about, you can plug these things in. And obviously we're talking about prayer. The, um, the third thing about this passage with, in dealing with prayer is that it displays the power of God. It displays the power of God. Jesus wanted to display his power to, to the crowd to the people he was teaching, and he wanted to display the power to the other fishermen. Because 
that display of power helped to call Peter, his brother Andrew, and James and John, brothers, sons of Zebedee. And so that display of power called four of the disciples in that one moment. So when God's power is displayed through prayer, it is an act of encouragement to us and to others. We're able to not only be encouraged ourselves and be inspired, but we're able to, that, that is able to inspire others. The need for the display of power is a main reason that you and I need to go deeper in our prayer life, to be obedient through fatigue, through being tired, distractions, and frustrations. You, if you never really, if you rarely see the power of God on display in your prayer life, then you will not see that your prayers are essential. Do you understand that? If you don't see the, the, the move of God, the power of God in your prayer life, you will never associate prayers with being essential. Because I believe when people just stay in shallow waters and prayers, which that's fine, that's great, there's not this, there's not this sense of, of, of it being essential until you are going into deeper waters. And I would even encourage you, when you find yourself in those shallow waters of prayer, take it deeper. Take it to deeper waters. Because then you're able to see the move of God, the power of God, just like we see in the story. Peter would never have seen the, the power of God if he would not have been obedient and gone to deeper waters. And so your prayers are essential. And if you don't know that, it's because that maybe you haven't seen the power of God. And because you haven't seen the power of God, it could be that because you are not in deep waters of prayer. You need to go deeper. You need to cry out to God to go deeper, to sense the power of God. I've been encouraged and challenged to begin praying with a sword in my hand. Now, you may think that's weird, but this sword, which is given to me by someone in our small group, see, small groups are important. I shared that I wanted to start praying with a sword in my hand, and somebody in my small group has like three swords. Welcome to Bartow County, right? But just, I think praying with a sword in my hand would just bring power and that's that, that this physical touch of this powerful weapon connecting with the prayers that I'm praying, this sword will help me hopefully fight through the fatigue, the distractions, the frustrations in life. I haven't tried it yet, but that starts this week. I'll let you know how it works. But I just feel like 
that there's a power in my prayer life that is, that is missing. And I'm gonna do everything I can to sense that power. I'm gonna go deeper into that time of prayer. And I want God to show his power, not only in, in my prayer, but in the prayer of our church. So we see through this passage that God wants us to take our prayers to deeper waters. God wants us to be obedient, just like Peter was. Yes, I know I'm tired, I'm frustrated, I've got distractions, but I'm going to be obedient. And I'm telling you, when you pray during those times, God is going to speak to you. That has been my experience and experience of others that I know. And then you will see the power of God on display, just like we saw in that passage with that an amazing catch of fish. But you have to be obedient. You have to go to deeper water. And the last thing this passage teaches us about prayer, it connects us with Jesus. It connects us with Jesus. Peter connected to Jesus through humility and devotion. He fell at his knees. He surrendered his life to him. He walked away. He walked away from his business. He walked away from his life, from his family, and he said, I am going to follow you. And it helped him connect to Jesus. When you and I pray, it helps us connect with Jesus. It helps us to connect to Jesus. I feel like when, we're, when we are uh, in shallow prayer, it's just more of a, hey, Jesus, how are you doing? It's kind of like when you see somebody uh, and you pass them by, and it's like, hey, how are you doing? Good, fine. That's it. Shallow conversation. But when you sit down with coffee with someone or a meal, and you're able to get to know them and talk with them, you're in, you're in deeper waters. And so when, when you're in deeper waters, you're able to get to know Jesus, your Savior. You're able to commune with him, to have time with him. Again, shallow waters are good. Deeper waters are better. You need to do both, yeah? In order to get to the, the deep water, you gotta start in the shallow water. But just know that you, when you and I connect, especially in the deeper waters of prayer, when, when we do that, we connect with Jesus. We connect with him. We're able to get to know him. And, and Peter was at a place where he finally said, you know, I'm, I'm gonna surrender it all to you. Jesus said in this passage, he says, don't be afraid. He calms our fears. He calms our fears. You, you're not gonna have a whole lot of calming of fears if you stay in shallow water. You have to get into deeper water in prayer so that he can have his peace flood over you and pour over you and to calm your fears. And it will give a greater purpose to our prayers. Peter, <laughs> you think he found his greater purpose in life? Absolutely. He found his greater purpose in life as we see in God's word. 
And so when we go to deeper waters, we're able to connect with Jesus more. He's going to show us our purpose in life, and he's going to calm our fears, just like we read there. But you know what? Peter had to decide to follow Jesus. Jesus said, follow me. Follow me. Peter said, yes, I will. You have to follow Jesus. That's a first step. That's a first step. You, you got to follow Jesus. You got to let go of the nets. You got to let go of the nets in your life. You got to walk away from those things. You see, I believe whether you're here today or, or watching online, either you're watching live or you're watching a pre-recorded version of this service, right now I believe Jesus is knocking on your heart's door and he's saying this, look, follow me, follow me. I wanna take you to deeper waters. I wanna take you to deeper waters. Just follow in obedience, open your heart's door, let me come in. And I will show you my amazing power in your life, and I will connect with you. I will calm your fears, and I will show you a greater purpose for your life. <laughs> That's it. It's only, it's a win. It's a win every time. But you have to be willing to let go of the things in your life that are holding you back. You've got to have complete surrender. Say, yeah, Jesus, I will follow you. Please, every head bowed, every eye closed. And you, even if you're watching online in the attitude of, um, of holiness and reverence for this moment, if you're watching online, don't get up. Just stay right where you're at. Because Jesus is calling you, just like with Peter, Jesus is calling you. And he, he's knocking on your heart's door and he's telling you, look, just let go of your nets and come to deep waters with me. Will you choose him today? Will you say, yes, Jesus, I choose to follow you. I am a sinner. Just like we, we saw in the video, just like we read in the passage where Peter says, I'm a sinner. Yes, we're all sinners, but you can be saved by the grace of Jesus Christ. So if you're here today, you've never done that. I'm gonna give you that opportunity by just simply repeating after me. Heavenly Father, thank you for sending Jesus. I believe he died for me. I want to live for him. Dear Jesus, forgive me my sin. Come into my life. Be Lord of my life. I surrender it all to you. I choose to follow you. Now, with every head bowed, every eye closed, still closed out, I know there's a, a ton of believers here or watching online. You've already made that decision, but maybe your prayer life just hasn't seen the power that it needs, that you're looking for. I want to encourage you in this passage. I believe this passage, God, God did not... Let me let this passage go, and I believe it's for a reason. He wants you to take your prayer life to deeper waters. So follow in obedience.
after him. Pursue that prayer life. Pursue that deep water to where you can see the power of God in your life. So you can maybe say a prayer like this. I'm sorry, Father, for allowing fatigue, for allowing distractions, for allowing frustrations to get in the way of me and you. You are the most important person in my life. Help me to connect with you, Jesus. Take me to deeper waters. I commit in obedience. I'm tired of just shallow prayers only. I also want deeper prayers. Heavenly Father, help us, Lord, to follow in obedience. Help us, Lord, to to go into deeper waters, to trust in you, to pursue you. Help us, Lord Jesus, to see your power of prayer in our life, the move of God in our life, to where we can see how our prayers are essential, Lord, not only to our life, but to the life of those around us. Please, Lord, wake us up to see that our prayers are essential. In Jesus' name we pray, amen and amen.